Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Promise Perspective podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Green, and I'm also the founder and owner of the Promise Perspective. If you're listening in today, I just want you to know that I'm glad you're here, and I hope to fill your heart today with some truth and encouragement. I know last week I told y'all there wasn't going to be an episode this week, but y'all had other plans. So here we are. I also told you last week, if you follow me on social media, that we were going to be really diving into the book of Hosea and Joel. But as I was getting ready for that message, Yahuwah really pressed on me some other things that I need to talk about first. So I'm just following that leading, you know? So the goal of this episode today is to talk about sin and grace. Um, and hopefully give you some truth to stand on if there's any sin that you're currently wrestling with right now, or I don't know, maybe this is something you can share with someone else who might be wrestling with something and is feeling really discouraged in their walk. And the reason I felt led to do this episode is because I truly believe that the church in general does not have a proper understanding of sin. And if we don't understand sin, we won't understand grace. And if we don't understand both sin and the purpose of grace, we won't have a, a right understanding of salvation and what Yahuwah's plan of salvation really is for his people. And this is my t- attempt to address that and hopefully repair the breach in some of our understanding. So one word that you find constantly throughout scripture is the word covenant. When you think of the word covenant, you might think of Yah's covenant with Israel. You also may think of a wedding covenant between a man and a woman. And being that the body is also called the bride, it can help to think of our covenant with our heavenly father as making a vow to follow him, love him, and obey him. When you take wedding vows with a person, you're ultimately promising the same exact thing. When I married my husband, I made a vow that I will love him, honor him, and be faithful to him for the rest of my life. It's a commitment. And it's a covenant. As a married woman, there are things that I can and cannot do now. It's not because I have to abide by the wedding vows that set the terms and conditions of my covenant with him. No, it's because I love him and there are things that I do now and things that I don't do now because of how much I love him and because I want to show him that I love him by being faithful and loving and obedient. And that's the same principle with our heavenly father. When you read in the Old Testament about Israel's indictment of false worship, of following after other gods, other mighty ones, the terms you you read that are used to describe this are adultery, harlotry. Um, he, he describes it as, you know, whoredom or fornication. And these words are used when Israel is accused of breaking their covenant with their God, their Elohim, Yahuwah. They got themselves into trouble because they broke the covenant with the father. 
And in order to get them back into the covenant, they, the high priest, had to atone with animal sacrifices, with the blood of unblemished animals, and they had to repent. Every time they repented, they were restored back to him. And he cleaned them up, blessed them again. And that didn't happen as often as it should have, though, because the entire Old Testament teaches us about the lessons they had to learn, because essentially what they did was they followed other gods, and essentially they committed spiritual adultery. For lack of better words, they turned their back and they cheated on Yahuwah by breaking that covenant with him. And this is why Hosea is a good book to read, because Hosea's life story of Marrying a prostitute was Yah's way of painting the picture of not only his love for us, but his desperation for us to be his and only his. That's why he says he is a jealous, jealous Elohim, a jealous God. So when Yahuwah made Israel his chosen people and led them out of Egypt and into the wilderness, He spent those 40 years giving them laws and commandments, and he told them, he said, I've chosen you. You're my people. I called you out of Egypt to be in covenant with me, but in order to stay in this covenant, there are some things that you have to do. The reason Israel was called a set-apart people was because they were the only nation who had commandments and laws to follow. That's how they were set apart. They served one Elohim, one God. The heathen nations worship multiple gods, many gods, so many different gods. And the people of Israel, they were given the way and directions on how to stay blessed and protected. And that was by obeying his commandments. They were different than any other nation because they had a covenant with terms and conditions that no other God had, no other group of people had. You know, when I accepted Yahushua as my Messiah and Savior, this is the same type of vow that I was supposed to make. But the thing is, is that I didn't truly understand what was required of me. I was told, just believe and my sins would be forgiven and I'd be set free, which is definitely true. It's definitely true. The church taught me what the Messiah did for me, but they didn't really teach me what he taught, what his message was, because what I didn't understand was how I was supposed to live my life now, now that I was born again. So I did what I thought was right, what I thought was right. I I went to church. I prayed more. I tried to be a better person, air quotes, better person. I was told that I no longer had to keep the, the law that the law was nailed to the cross. I would go to church most Sundays and I would get convicted on certain things. Certain sermons would tug at my heart a little bit. And I'd be reassured at the end of the sermon that Jesus died for me and everything was okay. I would leave church feeling better, knowing that the Messiah paid the price for my sins. It wasn't until I started reading the word for myself and being more intentional with my personal relationship that I, I really started to wrestle with sin. And it wasn't until I started reading the word and gaining more understanding that I understood 
what sin really was, what sin really is. First of all, sin is a disease. Sin makes you sick. Sin is our enemy. Sin destroys us and leads us to eternal separation and death. Most would agree with that. Say most every church, every pastor would agree with that. If you ask someone on the street what sin is, according to the scriptures, many might say um, that it's, it's doing wrong. It's unbelief, not living right, being a bad person, murdering, stealing. But all of these pretty much are generalizations. None of these help to identify what sin really is. And if we can't identify what sin really is, then how do we overcome it? In both the Old and the New Testaments, Yahuwah made it clear that we were to understand and recognize what sin is. The scriptures make it very, very clear. It's used to describe that sin is when the Father's law is not kept. The clearest definition of sin can be found in 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. It says, whoever commits sin transgresses the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And Paul said in Romans chapter 3, verse 20, that by law is the knowledge of sin. In other words, he's saying that if it weren't for the law, he wouldn't know sin. So Paul's writings are the least understood writings, I personally believe, of all scripture. And we'll get back to his writings at another time. But many people hear, like when you bring up the word law, and immediately think that Anyone who exhorts people to obey the law, obey the commandments are Judaizers or Pharisees or they're legalistic. And this is something I definitely want to discuss because um, this this isn't really the, the point of this podcast episode, but I just want to plant a simple seed that I want you to take with you and we're going to discuss this in another podcast episode, but The church preaches that the law was done away with at Calvary for millions in Christianity advocating obedience to the word today, advocating keeping the commandments today is bondage to others. It's looked at as bondage and it's looked at as advocating for a works-based salvation. And while you may or may not understand what I'm trying to say right now, I want to I want to plead with you to not let your mind go there. Okay, just hear me out. But what if I told you that Christianity is making you sick and you don't even know it? What if I told you that the church today broadly preaches disobedience to the masses today? And we don't even know it. The reason I'm posing these questions to you is because when you understand what sin really is, then you are better able and better equipped to overcome it. The problem is, is that the message that is preached today, the message of the gospel that is preached today is actually a gospel of lawlessness. 
disguised as light and truth. And this has been deceiving people for a very long time. Most people who are attending church and are leading groups in these churches are just as sick as the lost are. The reason that the church can't preach people out of sin today is because the church is infected with sin. So much that when someone comes and preaches obedience to the law and the Father's commandments, just like our Messiah did, it's looked at as heresy and legalism. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the sheep are sick. And people who are trying to serve Yah with all of their heart are being led astray right now by believing that obedience to the Father's commandments are no longer necessary anymore. Many people will use scriptures that seem to advocate for not having to abide by the law. But when you when that's tested against many other scriptures, they contradict the command that we were given to uphold and establish and abide in the law. Since we know that the word doesn't contradict itself, then we must understand that if if something seems to contradict itself, then that's our sign that it's our interpretation that needs to be reevaluated. It's our understanding that needs to be checked. And I also want to mention again that we also need to be studying the original context of the words that are being used because that has led to mass confusion of interpretation as well. And I want to, I want to, when it comes to that, I know people might not understand what I'm saying, but I want to, okay, I want to give you an example. So Romans chapter 10, verse four, this is probably one of the best examples that I can think of right now. But in Romans chapter 10, verse four, many people use this as a justification that the law was done away with, with many, many others, but we're only going to talk about one. Um, but John or, but Romans chapter 10, verse four, it says, For Messiah is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Okay. The word end, and this is why it's important to look up all of these words. The word end in Greek means telos. And the definition of telos means a goal, a point aimed at as a limit or the conclusion of an act or state. So since the Messiah... And the Apostle Paul confirms the requirements of keeping the commandments. Um, And you can find that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Romans chapter 3, verse 31, and Romans chapter 7, verse 12. We would understand that the first definition would apply here. Um, So as what's interesting is that the word end here means goal. So the Messiah is the goal of the law. Um, when we talk about sin, sin means essentially means to miss the mark. So he's the goal of keeping the commandments. He is the goal that we aim at as we learn to walk and abide and follow our teacher as disciples. So when it says that he's the end of the law, that word should actually be he's the goal of the law. And what's interesting is that that same word in its Greek 
Strong's 5056. So when you look at, so basically what I'm saying here is that this word was not translated properly. And um, when you look at the same word, telos, in James chapter 5, verse 11, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 9, and 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, you'll see that that's the telos is the same word used there. However, when the translators translated this word, those are actually translated to the correct interpretation. So they all use out James chapter 5, verse 11 talks about it being the outcome. 1 Peter is the goal. 1 Timothy is goal. But when we get to Romans chapter 10, verse 4, when it comes to the law, they use the word end instead of goal. So it's just very interesting how that's been translated. Um, so I just wanted to, that's just an example. And I'm just going to leave that there. We'll revisit that at another time. But we talked about in First John that how he describes that sin is transgression of the law. But if the law was abolished, which Yahusha clearly said he did not come to abolish the law, he came to fulfill it. If the law was abolished at the cross, at the stake, then if there is no law, there's no sin. If there is no more law, then there's no, there's no more sin, right? If sin is transgression of the law, how can someone be a sinner if the standard to understanding and identifying what sin is in the first place doesn't exist anymore? James chapter 1 verse 25 calls the Torah the law. It calls it the perfect law of liberty. Liberty, a.k.a. freedom. He calls it the law of freedom. Another word for liberty is freedom. Freedom is liberty. Okay. He's saying, so, so obedience, what he's saying is obedience is what sets us free. Obedience also means transforming your character to reflect the image of our Messiah, of our teacher. Like, so it's not just talking about the commandments. It's talking about like, unforgiveness and anger and wrath and gossiping and lying, etc. Those are all sins too. Those are sinful acts. There are sinful acts and attitudes, right? There's, um, and, and that's something that we have to address as believers. And I know, I know that these things might rub people the wrong way. I just want you to know Y'all, I'm always going to keep it as real as I possibly can with you because of my love for you. But if you feel this heat rising up in your belly as we talk about this, it's important that you understand what's happening. We're taught like this episode is about sin. We have to understand what sin is because the only way that we can overcome it is by understanding what it is in the first place. So, and and I know I like I know what what people might go through as they listen to this because I went through the same exact thing. But you know, the same thing happened to me as I was coming into some truths that I hadn't known or hadn't believed my whole life. 
Like your flesh is at war with you. If the holy set apart spirit lives inside of you, you must know that the two are constantly at war with one another. The flesh does not want you to submit to anything. The flesh hates y'all's word. He hates y'all's laws. He hates anyone that wants to be submissive to him or anyone that wants to obey him. The enemy doesn't just deceive you into obvious sin, but he's a serpent, right? We know that he's a serpent. He's conniving. He's cunning. He's, he's deceiving. And his main goal is to twist the word so much that without discernment, you are unable to understand the truth. And that's what he's done for thousands of years. The heat that you might feel in your belly as I'm talking about this, it's a spirit. It's a spirit. It's a demonic one that doesn't want you to submit or it, it doesn't want you to even wrestle with the fact that Yah's commandments are still to be guarded and kept today. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, remember? But most Christians, they don't receive deliverance and freedom because the ancient serpent, the spirit of the anti-Messiah, the antichrist, the spirit of Baal or the spirit of Baal has deceived the whole world into lawlessness. Yet he's disguising it as truth and righteousness. And we have to come out of these lies. And it has produced such a strong stronghold on people today. Because if something is repeated enough that you, you don't even have to keep the law, you don't have to keep any of the command, you don't even have don't you don't even have to try. Messiah did it for you. You don't even have to try anymore. We have got to come out of these lies. We have to understand the truth that the truth about what sin really is and how the Bible describes it. No amount of good preaching is going to do for you what reading the word will do. And the thing is, is that we need to understand exactly what the Holy Spirit does once we receive salvation. Understand that wrestling with sin is a victory that you already have. You already have the victory over sin because greater is he who lives in you than he that is in the world. The goal of the set apart spirit is to crucify your flesh. That's the goal. Yah is always calling you to die to something. (laughs) I'm going through something right now where he is calling me to die to something and I am wrestling with it. Okay. He's always calling you to die to something. There's always something that he's trying to burn out of you. And the word, the word is what burns your flesh away. Like dying to yourself is something that you have to personally make the choice to submit to. But, but you, but know that he, Yahuwah, he is the one fighting for you. If you're wrestling with sin in your life, good, (laughs) good, beloved, endure, endure. Keep wrestling with it. Just because you're wrestling with something, don't let that push you away. Don't let, because you're wrestling with sin, don't let that condemn you. But too many people let condemnation fill their minds and tempt us into giving up. 
you don't feel like you can defeat it, so you give up. And you know what? Newsflash, you can't defeat it. You're not strong enough. Your flesh is not strong enough to defeat sin on your own. Your flesh is weak. You're not going to overcome sin with any amount of self-determination. <laughs> Remember that the spirit and the flesh are constantly at war with one another. So you have to understand that when you're battling something, that is what's happening. The spirit, the set-apart spirit is wrestling with something. He's trying to get something out of you. You know what I mean? I hope I'm making sense when I say that. That's the whole reason and purpose of having the Holy Spirit to begin with. Because that's the only way you can defeat it. You know, people don't understand that when you when you wrestle with something, when you're wrestling with sin, it's the spirit working inside of you. That's Yahuwah doing his work in you. If you're wrestling with something, that means that Yah is convicting you that there's something in there that doesn't need to be in there. Sin is a disease, right? It infects your entire body. It infects your mind. It infects your heart. It infects everything about you. It physically affects you too. So if you're wrestling with something, it's because he's trying to heal you. He's trying to get something out of there that does not need to be in there. Demons love blood. They love the blood. They love, that's the, the only way, the only the only place that they can reside is in a body. That is where they make their dwelling place. So when the when the Holy Spirit comes, <laughs> when the Holy Spirit comes in and decide and you you receive that gift as a gift, and you receive that gift, and the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. Oh, honey, <laughs> you better believe He's trying to clean clean house. He is trying to clean that house up. He's trying to clean that temple up because that's His place now. You belong to Him. Like that's his home. The transforming work that is done in you by the Holy Spirit allows you to get that sin out of your life. So, so many don't understand this process because they're never taught this because they're taught that they don't have to obey anything anymore. They're taught that obedience isn't necessary and keeping the commands isn't necessary. And this, we're just not taught this stuff anymore. How can you teach someone this if you're teaching them at the same time that your sin is all your sins forgiven, past, present, and future? That doesn't that doesn't uh, sanctify anybody. That doesn't edify anybody. But the Holy Spirit works so that Yahuwah can get the sin out of your life. But eventually, what happens is you get to a point where the sin isn't in you anymore. You know, it might get on you. You might slip up or stumble a little bit, but it's not in you anymore. It's not an internal problem. If that makes any sense, you've been built up enough through wrestling with it that you know what battle, what the battle strategies are to wipe it off. Like you, you learn how to resist the devil Resist the devil and he will flee. That's what that verse um, is talking about. And I'm not preaching perfection. Trust me. I'm not preaching perfection. All I'm preaching is obedience and submission. 
because that's the only way. That's the only way to get free. That's the only way to be protected. The only way that you can learn this is through a personal relationship and through personal study. I think we we take the, the Holy Spirit, the set apart spirit for granted sometimes because we aren't we are never taught that the power that is able to overcome all demonic spirits and powers and principalities. We're never taught what like what he really does, the work that's really done in us that would allow us through obedience and through discipline and through correction and submission. It allows us to be refined. It allow well, it allows us to accept the process. You know, it allows us to accept discipline and and be willing to go through that process when you understand what's really happening when you do that. That's another reason why I shared my testimony in some of my previous episodes, especially as I was learning the father's name. I was being convicted. I was being convicted that I was breaking the third commandment. That we are not to take his name in vain, not to bring his name to nothingness, not to make his name meaningless. And he was revealing it to me as I was going through an intense, (laughs) an intense amount of spiritual warfare because of it. That's why I said, I kept saying in my prayers all the time, I was like, you know, I don't have any words. Your word says that. You fight for me and I just need to be still. So I let him fight for me. I let him fight for me. And eventually I received deliverance and even more freedom as I grew in a deeper relationship. And as I learned more truth and accepted the discipline and the warfare that comes with being obedient to the word, it's not an easy process, but But as I grew into a deeper understanding of the word, of the truth, simultaneously, I grew in a deeper love of the truth. And it allowed me to yield more to being obedient to the commandments. That's what, you know, how how are we going to teach people what freedom is when the only thing that defines how we receive freedom and how, how we stay free is constantly preached and taught to us that it's done away with and it's no longer necessary for salvation. That, that I didn't used to see it like this. I didn't used to see it like this. I, and that's what, that's what the Holy Spirit does is he reveals when he reveals things to you, it rips scales from your eyes and you start to see the truth more clearly you know, and, and because my obedience now is not defined by an obligation for me. I crave it now because I'm experiencing freedom from it. I'm experiencing freedom. The more that I submit and the more that I I obey. And the reason that, you know, how do I know this is true? I know this is true because the fruit in my life is increasing. I'm developing a greater love for the word. I'm developing a greater love for my father. And because of this love, that makes me want to obey. It's because I love him and I want to show him that I love him 
because it says in the book of John, Messiah said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And he says, they're not burdensome. No, they're not burdensome when you love somebody. It's not hard to obey um, my husband. It's not hard to submit to my husband when I love him. For the same reason, it's not hard to submit to my to my heavenly father when I love him. This whole message that obedience is not necessary for salvation is keeping people in bondage and they don't even know it. That's what's so perverted about it. That's what's so messed up about all of this is that this message isn't being preached. I mean, it is. It's just not to the masses. This is keeping people in bondage. It's keeping people in a cycle of sin and they are never going to be cured from the disease of sin because of the lies that actually preach lawlessness. And you wonder why the Messiah says many people are going to say, Lord, Lord, I did all these things. I loved you. I loved you. He's going to say, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This message that obedience to the commandments and that we don't need to I mean, why even try to keep the law anymore, right? The Messiah did it for us. So why are we even trying to keep it? This is, that's something called wormwood, okay? This is wormwood. And Yahuwah tells us, he calls, he, he, he calls wormwood altered. It's, it's, a, it's like when his teachings are altered, when his teachings are perverted, which by definition, so Wormwood in Hebrew means la'ana, and it means bitterness. It's regarded as something poisonous, therefore it's accursed. And um, this belief that his laws are done away with has actually made those who follow Christianity um, bitter to the truth. Because it's mostly Christians that have a, a problem with anyone who comes and preaches obedience. It's immediately legalism, religion, Pharisee spirit, the list goes on. And we don't even know, we don't even know that our pulpits are quite literally feeding us poison. Wormwood and Yahuwah, quote unquote, handing people over to it, this is part of the strong delusion. It says, yeah, it says that Yahuwah will feed the people wormwood and make them bitter to the truth because they refuse to love the truth. He sends them a strong delusion so they'll believe the lie because of the fact that they did not love the truth. So because they didn't love the truth, they weren't saved. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Wormwood is bitterness toward Yahuwah. It's bitterness towards obeying his Torah, which results in witchcraft. Witchcraft is simply just means manipulation. It's act of rebellion against his word. Many people love Jesus and, and knowing and rejecting the Messiah is not just not believing in him. It's it's you can believe the enemy is okay if you believe in Jesus or Yahusha, but People can do that and still reject his messianic message. They still reject his word. And because we don't know his word, we won't, we don't really know him. So the manipulation of Yah's word is witchcraft. 
simply put. I mean, call it as it is. And what better way to hide witchcraft than in plain sight? What better way to try to set yourself up to be like the Most High than to do it right in front of our eyes and us not even know it? It says that Satan wants to be like the Most High. He wants to be just like the Most High. Satan's not trying to destroy the faith. No, he's trying to corrupt it into deceiving people into accepting a counterfeit religion that is an actual rebellion against the word of Yahuwah while simultaneously making people think that those uh, making people for those who love God, those who claim they love the faith actually through this deception actually has people active rebellion against the truth while they still think that what they believe is the truth. That's what's so messed up about this whole world that we live in. And as I said, many, many don't, we don't, many don't have a true understanding of what sin really is. And the reason I'm so passionate about this now is because I now understand sin so much more clearly. And because I understand sin better, I have a better understanding of what grace is too. And grace, huh, this grace is meant to clean you up along the way, along the process of sanctification. That's the purpose of grace. You're going to mess up. Yes. But his grace isn't for you to just do away with everything that is designed to keep you clean and keep you holy, keep you set apart. No, that's what the church has taught you. That's what religion has taught you. His commands truly are not burdensome. They're for your protection. And the enemy doesn't want you to understand how to truly protect yourself. He doesn't. That's why he's worked and partnered with the faith to twist and pervert and manipulate little, little bit here, a little bit there. And You know, the weapon of our warfare, the weapon that we use to fight him is the sword of the spirit, which is the word itself. So it would make no sense for him to 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 try to use anything but the word to deceive us. That's how he tried to deceive. That's how he deceived Eve. That's how he tried to deceive Yahusha. And but they knew well, not they. Yahusha knew the word and he used his word to fight back. That's how you get the devil to flee from you. But we've had we there's a gross misunderstanding of the truth today. And and what's what's beautiful now is that there are people who are trying to restore this, trying to help people see. It's not I'm not preaching um a works-based salvation. I'm trying to help you understand, and this is something we're going to get into at another time, but I'm trying to help you understand that what the new covenant really is. He writes his laws on our hearts. It's, it's, it's actually loving the truth, but grace is to help you. It's, it's actually, grace is a beautiful gift because it helps cover our ignorance as we continue to learn the way, the truth and the life. But, but the whole point of grace is that it's used for those who are wrestling with sin. 
you know, I just recently, you know, I'll just give you an example. Like, I didn't really start calling on the father's name until about eight months ago. And what what blew my mind so much was the fact that I was sitting against him and I didn't even know it. But his grace, his grace is what is so good about the process of learning the truth. It was only by his grace that he, that I was able to continue this life in ignorance until I finally wrestled with sin enough that it, I came into more understanding and more truth. It has devastated me to learn that I was living in rebellion my whole life, especially when it came to calling on his name. And that's why I said repenting from that showed me how good his grace is. His grace is a blessing because it really does protect us from things that we don't know. That's why true faith must come with repentance as we learn or else we aren't growing. You can't with faith and repentance. You can't have one without the other faith without repentance. In my opinion, that is not real faith. If you're not actively you know, the difference between um, one believer from another is that one one may wrestle with sin and another makes peace with their sin. And that's a really dangerous place to be if you don't wrestle with anything. You're always going to wrestle with something. Like I said, Yahuwah is always calling us to die to something. You're always going to wrestle because as we go from glory to glory, we are transformed more and more into the image of our Messiah. That's why Paul said, in Romans chapter 10, verse four, for Messiah is the, it doesn't, he didn't say the end of the law. He's not talking about the end of the law for righteousness. He said, Messiah is the goal of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes he is the the mark that we aim at. That's what, that's what, that's why I said sin is missing. It means to miss the mark. Now we have a teacher, a, a perfect teacher that we can strive to to be like, you know, and this is how, that's how you learn not to be a habitual sinner because through relationship and discipline, you've grown stronger because you've allowed the spirit of Yahuwah to cleanse you and take up more space. He's literally burning things away and rooting out your flesh so that he can make his home there. And, you know, because you've, because you've developed a habit of denying your flesh your, your spirit can be stronger. The, this, that's what sanctification is. It doesn't make anything easier. It makes you stronger so that the Holy Spirit that lives in you can take over. And so that, that's what it means to be led by the Spirit so that he can make you a clean vessel. He's trying to clean you up, trying to get his bride ready. But many don't understand this process because they don't understand sin. And because we don't understand sin, we don't understand grace. And because we don't understand grace, we really don't understand salvation. Because all that we've heard since we've been born is you're saved by grace through faith. You're saved by grace through faith. Or all you got to do is believe and you're saved. And that just does not, that does not sanctify anybody. That doesn't help anybody understand how to overcome sin. I mean, how does that, 
allow for conviction to do its work. Seriously. That's why I'm always talking about your relationship has, you have to have a personal relationship with Yah. You're, you have to be reading the word. You have to be constantly making steps forward and you're going to stumble, but you're not going to fall. That's the promise that we have, you know, and, and what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm not saying that you're not saved by grace through faith. I don't want you to think that I'm going against the scripture because you, you are saved by grace through faith and all you do. That's the gift. You, all you got to do is believe and you are saved. But there's, that's the first step. <laughs> that's just the first step. That is so true. And it's biblical. What they're, that's what, that, what they're saying is not false, but that's just the first step. There's so much more that we have to learn and understand in its entirety. That statement, you're saved by grace through faith and your sins have been nailed to the cross and all that stuff. That, that actually has allowed so many people to habitually stay in sin and be blind to sin, honestly get hardened, calloused to sin and not even know it. We have to let Yahuwah break us into submission. We are some rambunctious kids that have got to be disciplined. He has got to put a rein on us and, and to have his laws and his word written on our heart and our mind is part of the new covenant. The new covenant is the gift that we're, we are to be pursuing after we receive salvation. As we walk out our salvation and become more obedient and transform to the image of our teacher, we go from glory to glory as we continue to grow through sanctification and receive deliverance from our sins the more this happens, the more obedience becomes a, not just a way of living, but a desire of how you want to, to conduct yourself in this world. That's how you know you received a love for the truth. That's how you know. He literally teaches us how to be more like him. It's a love that, believe it or not, the world actually hates. So... I just, I love you all so much. And the reason that I do these podcast episodes is because I just, I want to see, I want to see people truly set free from everything that holds you back. I want to see you receive freedom, but it all starts with identifying the root of our issue, the, the cause of our disease, the root, the cause is always sin. But what many are starting to understand is that a lot of our roots are bitter from the wormwood, from the teachings of worm, from false teachers, and we didn't know it. I, I would say it's safe to assume that many, many of these teachers don't even know it themselves. It's like the blind leading the blind. I know it sounds like I, I, I come against the church, and to be honest with you, I kind of am, but I do it out of love and I still look at pastors with love, but I have to call out the error. There's so much room for grace in this moment. 
There is so much room and he is always willing to forgive us. And part of sanctification is living a lifestyle of repentance. You cannot help what you don't know. But no matter if we've been a follower for two years or 20 years, our due diligence of seeking Yah with all of our heart should never change. We have to be open to our beliefs and traditions and theology being challenged. If obedience and proper worship aren't the goal for us, then what God are you following? I mean, honestly, I only share this as a way to exhort you into deeper relationship with your heavenly father and to encourage you that whatever you do, keep wrestling with things, even if you don't understand, because the promise is that when you submit to discipline, it produces a harvest of righteousness in your life and peace for those who have been trained by it. And that's, that's on Hebrew chapter 12, verse 11. So that's all I have for today for you guys. Um, I can't wait to be with you all next time. I love you. If you need anything, I am always open to conversation. So my email is in the podcast episode description. Also want to encourage you that if you haven't already downloaded the ebooks on my website, uh, promise-perspective.com, my ebooks are all free and there's only two up there right now, but I encourage you to check them out. Um, like I said, they're free. So, um, go ahead and download those, but I pray that you all have a great rest of your week and I look forward to getting back with you all next time.